I love the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the best part? It's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, get up to a 57% multi-sport parlay boost on the Gambit DC app, online, or at any Gambit DC retail location throughout the district. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the whole field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer, terms and conditions apply. Please buy responsibly. podcast this is your host Tyler Wood thank you for joining us on this Thursday morning got a lot to talk about today just a lot of different stuff going on not too much in the sports realm so we are going to do something we don't normally do today we're going to kind of blend the lines a little bit between sports and and politics I know I usually talk about how I like to, to keep them separate from each other that way you the listener can decide what you'd rather listen to or if you want to listen to both of that's what I would prefer you do, but if you don't want to listen to both, if you just want to listen to just sports or just politics, you have that option to do that. So today's going to be a little bit different. It's definitely going to lean more political because we got a lot going on with that, but going to have a little bit of sports, but like I said, it's definitely going to blend that line a little bit. So uh, with that said, I'm going to kind of jump right into it on what it's about. If you've been listening to the news with Anything to do with sports, this has been one of the bigger topics of the, I'd say, of the news week when it's come down to it. I know we got baseball going on and we got, you know, fo- Monday night football and Thursday night football, you know, that's tonight. And we got games coming up and I know that's a lot of talk too as well. But outside of that, outside of just, I'd say, football, this has probably been the biggest storyline. And it's just going down to what's been going on in the NBA with their vaccination policy. So, if you kept up with this at all, you know that a lot of teams are having their media days this week where the players come in, they sit down for their media time frame, they take pictures, and they get asked a bunch a bunch of questions about what, you know, how they think the season is going to go, how their new teammates are, and they all, like I said, they line up for their pretty pictures and try to look cool for a little bit, and then that's all they do for the day. Well, this year's a little bit different considering everyone wants to know about everyone's vaccination status. And something that should be private is obviously by the media going to be brought out into the open. So many players have been either asked about it or have been forced to to show that based on where they play. And I'll, I'll give you an example. And in venues, areas where these teams are are playing at, for example, the Golden State Warriors, the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Knicks, they all live in areas that are under guidelines mandates where you if you are working or if you are doing something of what they are doing or just working in general you have to have the you have to have the vaccine and so with that happening we've had a lot of players or I wouldn't say a lot of players we've had big name players star players more well-known players that have come out I would well tell it back I wouldn't say come out against it they just declined the option to take the vaccine but also speak on it so a lot of them are saying that's you know a personal decision i'll keep it quiet but obviously when you can't show up for media days or you can't be you know a part of certain scenarios and you don't show up for 
stuff that the whole team is doing, it's kind of obvious why you're not there. And that's been the, you know, the example that, well, the players that have had this happen has been Kyrie Irving, you've had Andrew Wiggins, and that's probably that's probably the biggest two in that market. All, apparently, all the New York Knicks are vaccinated. That's what they claim. They're so you know so proud of that, and you know that's whatever. But anyway, so you got these couple of these players that are bigger names that have declined to take the vaccine, and that's just in those two markets. And that's the reason why the talk has come heavily from that is because, like I said, because us players, if they're they can't play home games if they don't get the vaccine, and obviously this goes for any team in the in the league that goes to any of these areas, they cannot play in the games in those areas if they're not vaccinated. So say if you're from the Atlanta Hawks or something and you go over to Golden State and you're not vaccinated, you can't play against them. So it's definitely, definitely crap because obviously you're not from that area. You're just coming in for a short little visit. But obviously when it comes down to politics and it gets involved and stuff like this, it obviously gets, gets messy and you can see where the, where the, why I keep saying the line keeps getting blended because like it like it has pretty much with anything there's always politics somehow infused in whatever goes on at this point and that's why like I said I like to kind of keep it keep it separate for people so they don't have to worry about that they can just enjoy sports or they can just enjoy politics but stuff like this has to be discussed because you got to kind of hear where these players are coming from and some of the stuff they say and Normally, I wouldn't say go listen to an NBA player when it comes to this type of situation, but there's been some really good answers, some really good, I guess you'd say, explanations of why people haven't gotten, why these players haven't gotten the vaccine. And so, I would say, from a personal standpoint, from a, just a, a, from a person who, you know, if you're one of the people that's worried about your decision not getting vaccinated, you're worried about the pressure that's around you. Go listen to these guys. They're they're surrounded by players, staff, everybody you can possibly think of, media that's saying, why aren't you vaccinated? Why aren't you doing this? But they're the ones that are standing up. They're not they're not giving into it. But the thing is, it's not just like, oh, I'm just not getting the vaccine. It's they a couple like a couple of them that have came out about it have actually had really good reasons. And there's one I want you to listen to because I mean, he just hit the nail right on the head. It was the perfect thing that could have been said during this time. It's what everyone needs to hear. He gave a perfect explanation of why he didn't get it and just what we should be doing as a whole and how it's just a personal decision and it's not something that should be forced upon people. So going to let you listen to this real quick. This is the Orlando Magic for Jonathan Isaac. And before I, I show you the clip, let you listen to the clip real quick. It's about two minutes long. just going to say this dude is very quickly becoming one of my favorite people in the NBA. And, I mean, I, I've i watched him play a little bit, but I'm definitely going to end up watching him more. But just seeing how he's been over the past, I'd say, two years and how he's he hasn't bowed down to the cancel culture. He hasn't given in to the, to the people that are around him that expect him to be a certain way. And that's been evident when they had last year when – they were they were at the bu- in the bubble and because of covid when the the playoffs were going on and all that last season and what ended up ha- or the season before last excuse me and they had everybody going on about black lives matter everybody taking knee during the national anthem and for the Orlando Magic you look at everyone on that team is all knelt down but you see Jonathan Isaac standing there and then you see just about everyone on the Orlando Magic here vaccinated and it's the the right thing to do is the thing that everyone's supposed to get, you know, or if you don't, you're canceled or you're going to get called out. But here he is giving actual 
scientific explanation of why he's not giving in to this pressure and why he's made this decision for himself to to not get it. And it's just really impressive to see a young. I mean, he's young. He's 22, 23 years old. He's a young guy, and he's been he's had a very good head on his shoulders in making these decisions and not just giving in to to the culture around him. And that's exactly what the rest of us got to do. So I want you to listen to this and just listen to the good answer and explanation he gives on why he hasn't gotten this, and can actually give people who feel the same way something you know talking points on why they haven't gotten them themselves. But I'm gonna go ahead and play this real quick, and then we'll jump right back in, and I'll close out this segment, and we'll move on to politics because we got a lot to do. But here's the segment real quick. Jonathan, Josh Robbins with the Athletic. Uh, what is it about the vaccine that that makes you uh, hesitant to 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 get it? Uh, I, I would start with um, I've, I've had COVID. Um, in the past. And so our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity has uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if, if, if you catch COVID and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it. But with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Uh, taking the vaccine, um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of uh, uh, having a severe reaction, but it does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. Um, I don't believe that being unvaccinated means infected or being vaccinated means um, uninfected. You can still catch COVID um, with or with not having the vaccine. Um, I would say, honestly, the, the, the craziness of it all in terms of not being able to say that it should be everybody's fair choice without being demeaned or um, talked crazy to doesn't uh, make one comfortable to do what said person is uh, telling them to do. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's, that's a couple of the reasons that, um, you know, I would say I, I'm hesitant at this time, but at the end of the day, uh, I don't feel that it is, um, you know, anyone's reason to come out and say, well, this is why or this is not why. It should just be their decision. And, um, you know, loving your neighbors, not just loving those that, that agree with you or look like you or uh, move in the same way that you do. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, loving those who don't. And so there you have it with that little little segment. And he just, like I said, he just hits the nail right on the head. Everything he said was scientific, it's factual, and just Something I've been saying, you know, he talks about how it's a personal choice and gives you, you know, just good examples on, you know, just why he hasn't gotten it based off of a natural immunity and how he's already had it. And just going through the list real quick of some of the stuff he said and talking about natural immunity real quick, how he already, you know, got has the antibodies from a past infection. And that's the thing. This The government doesn't want to talk about that. None of these places, all these, uh, all these businesses that are firing their employees that don't get the vaccine – it, it doesn't make sense for one because it prob- I think they came out with a study. Or I know they came out with a study the other day that showed that there was almost eighty percent of people in the United States have already came in contact with COVID, have either been infected or have had close contact with it. So that means that we're already past the hurt where, where you would say the herd immunity levels that they would say, and we're basically at the point of what it would be considered endemic. And so you're going to have cases year-round. You're going to have seasonality. And you're seeing that where we had spikes and then they drop again just like we did this summer. And so 
anyways, going back to that, but no one wants to talk about natural immunity. No one wants to bring that up and and their reasons for, you know, firing people who don't get the vaccine. No, it just the government doesn't want to talk about it as a whole. They just want to force this vaccine on you and they want to control your life. And if they can give you, you know, force you to inject your, you know, inject something in your body that you don't want, you no longer have body autonomy. And it's your, I mean, your body's basically owns, you know, is belongs to the state at this point or to the federal government. And so moving on from, from that point of natural immunity, he talks just about how if people would just accept other people's choices, and I thought that was this was probably the best part he put in there. He gave good facts to back it up, but this this is where it really boils down to. This vaccine has just become politicized from the very beginning, and it wasn't done by the Republicans like everybody wants to talk about. Just because you know the higher percentage of Republicans are are not getting the vaccine, but it came from the Democrats. Where if you go back to the election election debates last year between Trump and Biden, and then Kamala and Pence, you had Kamala saying they wouldn't take a vaccine that was made by Trump because they didn't trust him. And so from that um, that point on, it was politicized. But then now they want to flip it on flip it on Republicans and say it's them who's causing it. So. And then the thing is, if just talking about that, it's it has nothing to do with being anti-vaccine. I'll give you my – I just told you my standpoint before. I'm not anti-vaccine. What I am is I'm anti-mandate because it just doesn't make any sense. We don't force people to get the flu shot each year, you know, each year for everything. Now, some places have like nurses – nursing places, you know, like nursing professions and hospitals and stuff of that nature. They've They've always required that. But then we turn around, within a year we produce a vaccine for a disease that obviously we still have no clue what we're talking about because here we are almost two years later and we still haven't got it figured out from or from the, the numbers they try to show. And and we're just still sitting here and it's just mandate after mandate after mandate. And like I said, it has nothing to do with anti-vax. It has everything to do with anti-mandate. And you have people that just come after you constantly because why didn't you get the vaccine? Why haven't you done this? this is it's just a simply as it's just a choice, and that's all it should be. It's just a choice that per, a person makes of something that they don't want put in their body. And if it works like you say it does, and you're protected, why does it matter what the person next to you is doing? And they you can't use the you can't use the whole point. Well, oh, it stops spread of infection. Obviously, it doesn't. We're seeing now that the vac the vaccinated are spreading COVID COVID more than the unvaccinated. We're seeing that through studies. We're seeing that just through more and more vaccinated people persons being in the hospital and having serious infections constantly and i mean it's just getting ridiculous at this point i'm at this point i'm going to give you an example 87 percent of the deaths in wales just yesterday were from vaccinated individuals now they say they had comorbidities but at the same time though if this vaccine is supposed to work so well it's supposed to keep people out of the hospital for one it didn't do that and then two it's supposed to keep you from death. It didn't do that. So 87% of cases just yesterday, or two days ago, excuse me, from, uh, in Wales were the deaths were from the vaccinated. So just every point that they keep trying to use, oh, it stops infection. Oh, it's, you know, it's going to drive cases down. It hasn't done any of that. And at this point, we're seeing death rates from the vaccinated at this point. So it's not doing anything that they said it was going to. And that's why it's, you got to you got to be anti-mandate. You can I mean you can if you want the vaccine it makes you feel safer go for it by all means. That's your personal choice you do that. But stop forcing it on everybody else especially when it doesn't do what it said that it's supposed to do. 
And until you can prove otherwise, I mean, you have no ground to stand on with that. So I applaud Jonathan Isaac and how he stood up to the to the culture and just was able to look the media dead in the face and give them just straight facts on on COVID and also just not not buckle on his belief on why he hasn't gotten it and why he has no intentions to. So that was real good to see. Like I said, I just wanted to show you that and give you give you some talking points that you could possibly use if you have people you know come at you from the the same angle and ask you why you haven't gotten it. And uh, so that was that was real good. I just wanted to show you show you that real quick. Now moving on from that, I'm going to kind of transition from this in, straight into something COVID related as well. Though going talking about mandates real quick, we're going to switch over to this Biden vaccine mandate that he has put in place in the workplace of a hundred or more workers. So looking at it now, we're seeing that, oh, we're going on the news cycle this week, we're looking at how this $3.5 trillion spending bill is, they're trying to push it through, trying to make America this socialist, communist country, and this is what they're using by it, but somewhere deep inside this bill, bill, someone found it just just yesterday, and we're looking at it now, they have a section in there where the Biden administration is going to be able to find companies Anywhere between seventy thousand and seven hundred thousand dollars for each individual COVID violation on vaccine mandates, and there's only one explanation for this, and it goes it it simply boils down to the fact that if you're a company that doesn't follow what they want, they'll fine you almost a million dollars. And we all know most of these companies that are going to do this are going to be these smaller corporations, the ones that don't bow down to the federal government, these local small businesses, these just these smaller companies of just 100 people or so. And they'll turn around and find them just as much as they possibly can for each violation just so they can put these businesses down. And obviously that means more money for the corporations. That also means that there's less resistance for the Biden administration. And there, I mean, you could go through this three point five trillion dollars spending bill and just find stuff like this all the way through, where it's not designed to help Americans like they say it's going to. It's designed to screw over Americans, and it's just I mean, all throughout this bill, you go down the line. They got a ten ten uh, for every ten miles you drive, they're or for every mile you drive, excuse me, it's like a ten percent tax they're going to add now, and. I mean, you you can just go down the list. I mean, it's just absolutely insane the stuff that they're they're intending to add, and it, it none of it benefits America. And on top of it, we're going to continue to hike up our national debt, and they can't give us any real ways other than just oh, we're going to spend this, and it's just going to be something we're going to give to people: free education, you know, free childcare. There's no, there's no plan in action. It's just to continue to throw stuff at people to keep them quiet and keep them happy, so they don't see what's going on behind the scenes. And we, like I said, we just don't have the money to spend it. So I mean, you turn around and you look at what's going on on Capitol Hill this week, and there we talked about it in the the Monday podcast. They were talking about how they were going to take the or they were going to take the vote later that afternoon, and they were going to try to pass the infrastructure deal. Well, that obviously got postponed till later this afternoon, and we'll see how that goes. But the whole reason behind that is because they obviously want to tie this infrastructure deal to this three point five trillion dollar spending bill, and this is in the in the House right now. And we already know the infrastructure bill passed the Senate, so it's up to the House to pass the infrastructure bill. But obviously, both sides have to pass the three point five trillion dollar spending bill. Um, so 
so anyways, looking at it, now House Democrats are saying that they won't, won't vote for or House, like, I would say socialists, but the high-level high progressives in the House are saying they won't vote for it. They'll tank the infrastructure bill unless this $3.5 trillion spending bill gets passed along with it. So be interesting to see if they actually you know, move forward with that and they actually do tank the the bipartisan infrastructure deal. But anyways, what I was trying to get at, so you have this $3.5 trillion bill. So say it does pass the House, but now you go up to the Senate and you're looking at the – you got a – 50-50 split, obviously, in the Senate. You can pass it by reconciliation. But now you've got Joe Manchin, who has been a thorn in the Biden administration's side this whole entire first eight months of his presidency. And each time he's wanted to advance some type of legislation, he won't budge on removing the – he won't budge on removing the 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 ability to – he won't remove the filibuster. Excuse me, got tongue tied there for a second. But Joe Manchin has just constantly pushed back against Biden's Biden's agenda. Now he's helped them out with their COVID spending bill that they had and some some different small legislation. But when it's come to the big stuff, Joe Manchin has actually been a real done a real good job of thinking stuff through and actually being a real. American when it's come down this a sane American and he's doing it again with this 3.5 trillion dollar spending bill they've talked about how they've already spent over 5 trillion just this year between all their different stuff that they've done and now they want to spend another 3.5 trillion that we don't have and that involves a lot of different process of raising the debt limit the debt ceiling and just just all different types of stuff but he's already said now that they or he's not willing to go forward with the that amount of money he wants a smaller deal and if they do obviously he wants to sit down and he wants to work it out where it's bipartisan we have two sides that can agree on stuff and obviously he probably has a good sense that that's not going to happen but it ultimately boils down to that he is not going to be ready to spend this type of money because we simply don't have it. We're seeing what's happening with inflation already, but then we turn around and add three point five trillion to it, which is really more like five, you know, five and a half. Because when you factor in the infrastructure bill and all that that we haven't even factored in, you're, I mean, you're looking at a huge amount of money and raising the national debt and continue to see inflation spike with by continue to print money that we don't have. And he sees this, and so he's just willing to not move forward. And obviously that has ticked a lot of Democrats off, and you can see Bernie Sanders, who's fuming over this, and now he's blaming Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin, saying that they haven't said exactly what they want in the bill. And I mean, it's really not that hard to figure out what they want in the bill. They want less socialist stuff, and they want less spending. I mean, it's just common sense. But, I mean, I say it's common sense, but obviously you can look at the Biden administration and the stuff that they've said over the last couple of days, and it's really, I guess, they lack common sense, because you have... Just stupid stuff that's been said by them. I'll give you an example. Two examples that Jen, so the White House press secretary Jen Psaki has said. She just said uh, two days ago. She said that the spending bill would cost Americans no money because they plan to raise the the tax the tax levels against these big major corporations of these people, and that anyone under the, that makes anything under four hundred thousand dollars a year will not see a tax increase. Okay, so if that was true, that would be good, but obviously, one, it's not. Well, moving on to the second part that she talked about, she also said how it would make no sense, or she doesn't see how it would happen if they raise taxes on these corporations. She doesn't see how it's fair or makes any sense that these these corporations would raise prices on the consumer. 
I just want you to think about that for a second. We got these people that we have elected to run our country that have we have elected to put legislation in place to make our country better. Well, a certain amount of people did. I wasn't part of this failure. I voted for the for the other side because this obviously we knew this is what was going to happen coming in. But anyways, they were we expect them still as our leaders to do the best thing that they possibly can, but we have them saying stupid stuff like if we tax more that if we tax these corporations more that they're not going to raise prices. That makes absolutely no sense. Any time we have seen the government raise taxes against any corporations, just raise taxes in general, we've seen consumer prices rise because we know they and obviously these corporations know that you still have to buy their product because you have to still. I'll give you an example. They tax. They're going to tax Walmart more when this goes up. So what's Walmart going to do? They're going to say, okay, so we have to pay more for our taxes now. So obviously that cuts out from our bottom line from what we put in our pockets. So what we're going to turn around and do is raise all our prices by ten percent, and we just pass it on to the consumer. And that's exactly what happens. So. While they say they're not going to raise taxes on anyone that makes under 400000 a year, you're going to be taxed like crazy. But they also don't want to talk about, the, like I said, the, the mileage tax that's in there with the you know with all that with the inside that infrastructure bill they don't want to talk about that so now you're paying taxes on your mileage that you drive a car and you're also paying more amount of money from consumer prices and you're already paying more money from gas prices that are going up because obviously we've shut down pipelines and stuff of that nature and we're obviously going even further into green energy with this bill because it's obviously got a lots of elements of what the Green New Deal was that these heavy progressive leaders have wanted to put in place. And so they say you're not paying anything, but I guarantee you you'll look back and your pocketbook will be pretty much wiped by the time it happens because at the rate that they were going to tax people for the mileage driving, the mileage, it was saying that if someone drove 26,000 miles in a year, that they were going to tax at 10% per mile. So at that rate, you're going 26,000 miles, so you're going to end up paying roughly about $2,600 for taxes. So your taxes is going to go up, and you're going to pay more in consumer prices. You're already paying more for gasoline, so you're already paying all this, but they continue to lie to your face. And on top of it, it's going to cost $0 from the government because we're going to tax these corporations. But even with the math of raising the, the tax limit that much, it still doesn't work out because you're still about one, $1 to $2 trillion still adding to the debt limit. I mean, to the to our deficit that we have right now in, in the United States. And just like I talked about talked about the other day, they have to obviously raise the debt ceiling to be able to do this. And so they've attached that to the government spending bill that or the government funding that they have to have to be able to not have this government shutdown that would go into effect later tonight at midnight. And so if they want the Republicans to help out, and if they do, obviously they'll be able to raise the debt limit and they'll be able to pass everything and won't have to worry about it because they'll just print it out of thin air. But obviously the, the Republicans have said, no, we're not going to help you out with this. And if that that happens... Well, the government will shut down, and obviously the, def- the debt ceiling doesn't have to be raised to the 18th of October, but, well, y- if you're the Republicans, you can't help them out with this, and that's what the Democrats want want them to do. They want them to help them raise the debt ceiling so when inflation happens, you get taxed for all this stuff. They can say, oh, the Republicans were complicit in this. They allowed this to happen. They knew if we raised the debt ceiling that they were, we were going to pass these bills, and they were fine helping us out, so... When that happens, they, the Republicans will not have that as a talking point when it comes to the 2022 midterm elections next year. And that's exactly what they're worried about. And that's why they're trying, trying to frame this as you have to have bipartisan support for the debt ceiling to be to be raised. And you, you 
in some forms you kind of do because it does take 60 votes to overcome the filibuster with the debt ceiling. But the thing is, they can just factor the debt ceiling into reconciliation and be able to raise it. And they know this, but like I said, they also, I don't think they have the votes from the moderate Democrats like Cinema and Manchin. But at the same time, though, it's just another point that the Republicans can use in campaigns next year for the 2022 midterms and obviously they don't want they don't want that they got the republicans already got plenty of material they can go after the the democrats with from biden's afghanistan failure to i mean from everything you name it from covid to this spending from inflation i mean you can go down the list and they got plenty of stuff that they could go after them but this would just be something else to add to it so Moving on from there, though, another thing that's been in the news cycle, looking at the border crisis and what's been going on there, and it looks like it's going to be plenty of the same because we just talked about it the other day. They had all the migrants that were stored under the overpass there in the South Texas, and there was fifteen to 17,000 there, and just one magical day we wake up and none of them are there anymore because they've decided to release them into the United States, and this is exactly what's happened from since the very beginning since Biden's came into office. And so we've had roughly about 600,000 that's now been released into the United States within a span of eight months. We got another caravan that's on the way. And here we have the Biden administration who continues to say our borders are closed, but none of your actions actually show that. And to give you an example of how that's not shown is you can sit here and look at what's going on with the Remain in Mexico policy that was reinstated by a federal judge. And here you have the Biden administration now trying to write or change some of the some of the problems that the federal the federal judge had with it and why they said that you would have to leave the Remain in Mexico policy in place. They're trying to change some of that, just write a whole new a whole new document on why this should not be in place now. And you can just have basically throw the whole Trump immigration policy out the window and that's exactly what they want so they keep saying they don't want open borders but their actions continue to show the opposite i mean that's just what it boils down to with anything that's happened they say one thing they do the other you know the complete opposite and it ends up screwing us americans over each and every single time but we still have some people that are out here defending it but it is real nice to see that his his approval rating continues to drop in one poll we have him down to 39 percent approval with a disapproval up to 50, 56% now. So we're continuing to see major drops, and faster drops than we've probably seen with any presidential uh, administration in history. And I think it's going to continue because, I mean, inflation is going to keep going up. You're going to have more immigrants that are coming. we got this caravan that's coming that they obviously are just going to allow to be able to walk straight through. We have no idea what diseases they're carrying. We have no idea what drugs they have, kids they've smuggled in, any of this type of stuff. And... So more immigrants are just going to walk in, keep adding to the national debt. You still haven't solved what's going on in Afghanistan. We still have probably the, th- the estimate yesterday was four 4,000 people still stuck in Afghanistan after we pulled out early. And, I mean, you can just name failure after failure. And like I said, this is stuff you can you can use the republicans will use in the 2022 midterms but like i said each and every time this this administration says they're they're for something they're usually for the opposite and i i give you another example biden gave his great speech at the un about a week ago and talked about how democracy is so important but then he turns around and shoves a vaccine mandate right in front of all of us and said okay a buyer be fine now apparently about $700,000 so 
None of it makes sense. None of it adds up. None of it will continue to add up. They're going to continue to do whatever they want. And th- this is my whole point. When it came, when I've talked about this a couple times in a couple other podcasts, where it comes down to they're just going to continue to do what they want, no matter what the law is. And the law already was the Remain in Mexico policy was in place. You couldn't just rescind that, like they said. They just automatically started allowing people in. But then you have a federal judge says that okay, that you have to reinforce this. You have to continue to do it. And you just see the other day that you had fifteen to 17,000 migrants that were stashed underneath the overpass just let out into the American mainland, and we have no idea where they're at now. They may have court dates, but you know they're not going to show up because they risk the possibility of being sent back out. But obviously there's only about a, a small 17% chance of them actually being sent out. But they'll never come back. They'll never be found. And obviously the Biden administration doesn't want them to be found because we've already seen that they tried to smuggle in We've tried to see we've tried to see them smuggle in citizenship for all these migrants, and if they do, they'll have about a, roughly about another eleven million votes because these people are obviously going to vote for them from the you know giving all this all the stuff the this administration is going to give them, and that's exactly what they want. That's their playbook. It's just to stay in power. It's all about power. Like I said, they just say one thing, do something completely the opposite. So, last topic that I'm going to go over, and this is kind of a if you're if you're any person with any type of sense, you can see where this is going. It's stuff that I've talked about for a while, and people keep saying, "Oh, that's not going to happen. We're not, we're not trending in that direction." I'm telling you, we're continuing to trend in that direction, and we continue to go deeper and deeper every single time we turn around. It seems like every time we think, "Okay, finally, we're going to have a shot, or we're going to be able to push back, we're going to be able to maybe stall them a little bit," and then something new happens. So. I'm just going to give you an example, just or tell you what the headline is. The CDC has now announced that they're going to do a gun study on what the true toll of guns are in America and what impact they have. Okay, so the CDC, the Center for Disease and Control, has decided they're going to look into guns. First of all, someone tell me what the heck guns have to do with disease. They have nothing to do with it, and they're going to do a whole study on it and how it affects citizens, and they're going to probably do all the whole race crap and how it affects black people more than it does white. You're going to see all that type of study, but this is the thing that I worry about. We saw during the pandemic that the CDC was given powers that it was actually never afforded in the first place, was never given, never possessed by the Biden administration. The CDC was actually able to use a moratorium on evictions as their own like they just said it and they were able to do it which is gifted powers that they didn't even weren't didn't even have the power to gift and now that same organization this same group is doing a our stu- a study on gun or basically on guns and of course they're going to come out with a study that's going to show that gun control is what we need in America and so if you got any common sense you can already see where this is going because we already have a pushback against these vaccine mandates. We're seeing thousands and thousands that are leaving their jobs because they don't still don't want to take it. They still believe it's government overreach and they're not going to take it just based off of principle. So imagine what happens when a government organization comes out and says, okay, guns are are causing are, are responsible for multiple deaths in the country and we need gun control and by our magical powers we're going to do stuff to enact gun control by these gifted powers that we now have and 
you can obviously see what the next steps are. And I've explained it before. You're going to have red states that are going to say, screw off, we're not following that. And you're going to have blue states that are going to say, okay, give us your guns. And so now you continue to, to move towards just red states living one way and blue states living another way. And I can tell you right now, red states and these these Republicans, they're not giving up their guns. I'm not giving up my guns. And I'm not saying they're just going to come through and say, okay, everybody has to give us their guns. I don't think that was that's what's going to happen. It's a slow moving thing that they continue to do where they just continue just to pull a little bit away just so you don't see the whole thing disappear. And But they continue to just whittle away and whittle away at your rights to the point where one day you wake up and you no longer have it. So they're going to start small and they'll continue to work big. So there's got to be a major pushback when this happens because it's, it's going to happen within the next couple months. They're trying to do everything they possibly can right now before we get into the the main camp camp uh, main campaign swing for the 2022 midterms, and obviously that would just give Republicans even more ammunition to run against them. So I expected to see it here soon before all that stuff starts really firing up. But like I said, you have this corporate this government organization now that has, feels like they have these powers where they can just start going into stuff that has nothing to do with them, and then they can make rulings based off of it. And it's just not going to end well. Like I said, common sense just tells you this is just not going to end well for anyone. And you'll continue to see the divide grow between red states and blue states. You'll continue to move in that direction until eventually you basically have to have two different economies and two separate two separate countries. And obviously, that stuff has a lot of details that have to work out. I'm glad I'm not the one that has to figure it out. But like I said, common sense tells you this is the direction we're continuing to move in because you have one side that doesn't ma- doesn't care about the laws and the legal process of anything in this country, and will just continue to act and act and act until they get what they want. And so. What it's going to boil down to is all these people in these red states, the the red state gov- governors are just going to have to say enough at some point. And that's the, dire- the, the direction we are moving. Whether you like it or not, we are getting to that point and we're just going to have to accept it and either get in in the fight or get out of the way. Because what, I'm, what I mean by that, if you're not in the fight, you're doing nothing but getting in the way of everybody else. You need to be part of the fight. You need to be able to help and have pushback. The more pushback there is, the more scared... Our government will be to push man or push crazy legislation like this through, and I'll give you I'll I'll tell you why they want this to happen, why they want you disarmed, and I've said it before. Just look at Australia; they continue from the very beginning of this. They've been on lockdown. They were at, let out of lockdown five or six times, and they instantly went back in within the matter of weeks. And there's nothing the people of that country can do because they were disarmed back in 1996 they haven't had weapons since then so they have nothing to fight back and keep the government in check and i know what you're thinking oh so you really think people are really going to go and and just take out these all these government officials and just go kill them and shoot them with, with guns no that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is though it when the government knows that people have this, it just automatically puts the fear in their mind that, okay, we're not going to encroach on these people's rights. Now, obviously, you're seeing that try to happen here, and they know that's why they're scared, and they continue just to whittle away small by, you know, piece by piece. And that's what any socialist, communist regime, regime has done. It's been slowly working away at your rights, and that's what they're doing here. But like I said, you look at Australia, they have no way to keep that government in check. They continue just to add more rules, more mandates. Now the unvaccinated can't even be part of society, and that's exactly what they want here in America. They see that blueprint, and they see how they finally worked Australia into giving away their guns, and now they have nothing but tyranny over there in Australia, and there's nothing more that the Democrats would love to have here in America. So, 
we got to have pushback against these types of situations and these types of of stories that come up and let them know that we're not going to sit by idly while they continue to just take away our rights. And I know I keep saying that. I know I keep stressing that. But the reason I keep stressing that is because we got to do something at some point. More people continue have to continue to rise up against this type of stuff. And we're seeing more and more people do it. But we got to have everybody on board. We got to have everybody's hands on deck against this type of stuff. Because while one or two's voice can be heard, if you have a whole entire country... You can be able to make something happen. And we got to have something happen against this tyrannical and absolutely insane administration that we have in office right now. So with that said, though, that's what I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share, continue to get our content out to other people that have not heard us yet and help us continue to grow. Uh, Today's Thursday, so tomorrow we'll have our preview and predictions article that will come out. And I hope we'll have a... We'll hope you enjoy that, and we'll have the biggest games of the week. Going to talk about Auburn, I mean Georgia and Arkansas, and Alabama and Ole Miss, and Notre Dame and Cincinnati are definitely for sure going to be on there. So look for that. Look at our predictions and our preview for this weekend, and then Saturday we'll have our preview and predictions podcast episode, and we'll break down all of the big games of the weekend from college football, and then obviously our our next podcast episode Monday. So. That's our schedule for now. I'm looking at Monday for a major article release as well, so be looking for that. Hoping to have it done by then. If not, obviously you'll see it within the next couple days after that. But Monday is when I'm shooting for for a major article release, so be looking for that. But with that said, thank you for joining us today. Hope Hope you enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you in the next episode.